737 at News Talk 1400 DWS, and it's my pleasure to welcome United States Congressman Rodney Davis to the program this morning. Congressman, Merry Christmas, welcome home, and how you doing? Hey, I'm doing great. Merry Christmas to you, and thanks for having me on. It's a little foggy out here, driving up to Bloomington right now. Well, it's going to be a nice day. We're going to have warm weather uh, for the foreseeable future, so I think that's good for this time of year with people doing all kinds of traveling, you know, within the state of Illinois, and how about out to the West Coast for a bowl game coming up? Hi, good luck to the Illini. I'm glad they're hitting that bowl, and uh, I, I certainly hope they bring back some uh, some hardware. We do, too. Well, Congressman, I would think you're uh, happy to be out of Washington for a couple days. Uh, it's kind of hard to avoid the, the topics that are going on out there, but um, what's your take on impeachment and USMCA and how the rest of the world is functioning in Washington, D.C.? Well, well first off, I, I really want to say there was some bipartisan agreement in Washington last week in spite of the impeachment vote. We were able to pass the USMCA. We were able to avoid a government shutdown and, and fund our troops. Uh, those are good things. But, but rest assured, I believe that if impeachment was going better for the Democrats, we never would have seen the USMCA on the floor last week. And I don't think we would have seen a budget agreement because I think they would have wanted us to come back for the Christmas holidays uh, with impeachment on everyone's mind. But instead, we got an impeachment that was nothing but partisanship. It was the first partisan impeachment we've seen in our nation's history. But at the same time, they realized they had to give some of their members something good. And I'm certainly glad Speaker Pelosi chose to pass the USMCA. I'll take it however we can get it. But I'm glad it's done. But now we have to make sure we now, unfortunately, we have to wait for the Senate to go through impeachment to get it signed into law. Yeah, that's true. And, you know, the USMCA, there was really no controversy that this was going to pass. It's been on the speaker's desk for better than a year, I believe. And when the vote came down the other day, it was overwhelming support for it, 385 to 41. So she was just holding on to that, uh, like you say, to have something positive to put out there. Am I correct on that? You know, she, I, I, she was holding on to it uh, because she wanted to use it as leverage later on in the year uh, or into next year. But I think because impeachment was so terrible for many of her, her vulnerable Democratic members of Congress, that she had to do something before the end of the year. Look, she promised farmers in my district when she came here in August to campaign against me that it would be on the floor in October. She broke that promise. She had no intention of putting it on the floor until they rebelled and they said we have to have something. And I'm certainly glad she chose the USMCA to appease them. Yeah, it's, um, it's going to be a, a terrific uh, help for uh, farmers and auto manufacturers and many other people. Uh, the, some of the projections of the number of jobs it's going to create um, are pretty impressive. Oh, very much so. I mean, this is a huge win for our farmers, a huge win for our manufacturers. And really, it's, it's a President Trump campaign promise delivered upon. And I think that's, that's something that this administration has done very well is trying to put together multilateral agreements like this that are going to be better than the ones we already had in place. I think this opens the floodgates for more bilateral agreements 
And I think you've seen that with the Phase 1 China agreement that's coming, too. Well, we have Phase 1 China. There's talk of uh, new agreements with the United Kingdom as they're getting ready for their Brexit. And they have new leadership in Boris Johnson uh, running the country over there now. So there's a lot of uh, opportunity for trade deals all over the globe, it appears to me. No, you're 100% right. I mean, this is this is the moment that the Trump administration said we were going to get. Uh, bilateral deals that increase our ag exports to these countries, bilateral deals that increase our manufacturing uh, opportunities to export into these countries, these are what the administration promised, and that seems to be what they're delivering upon right now, especially once this USMCA passes the Senate, which it will, as soon as this partisan impeachment trial is over, uh, as soon as Speaker Pelosi sends the articles over to the Senate, we'll see good things happen. And that's, I, I think this gives this administration the opportunity to go down in our nation's history if these deals get codified into law or codified into bilateral agreements as the best administration when it comes to global free trade in our nation's history. Well, I certainly think you're right. Um, I hope that the administration does, and they and they keep going down, down that path. Um, Congressman, the other committees that you, well, first of all, when all this impeachment stuff was going on, I don't believe you're on the judicial committee, are you? And so, how did you no, spend no. your time when all this was going on the past couple of weeks? Uh, you know, we were still active in some of our other committees. I run the House Administration Committee for Republicans in Washington, and we've been dealing with issues uh, going through that committee. Uh, Same with the Transportation Committee. But we spent a lot of time making sure that we were going to get a budget agreement together, uh, one that was going to fund government, not only fund government, but it also put historic investments into cancer research, NIH research. I mean, these are things that Republicans and Democrats have said we wanted to do together, and we were able to get good success done especially also by funding our troops. Our troops needed a pay raise. Our troops needed to know that they weren't going to be sacrificed just because of a budget disagreement for another year. And those are the things that we were able to accomplish in spite of this partisan impeachment process. But again, I think if an impeachment was going well for the Democrats, we wouldn't have seen these things happen. Uh, The good news is they realized that they needed to show the American people that bipartisanship can actually happen in Washington, and and I'm glad they did, and, and it was a success story at the end of the year. Well, it sure was. Um, last year at this time, we were facing the government shutdowns and uh, all the things that go on with that. Some people say when the government shuts down, that's good news because they can't mess things up anymore, but um, I think it's good to, yeah. to have the government up and running and uh, you know, people know where in their their paychecks are coming and, and other things like that. The the dirty the dirty little secret that gets lost in the partisan rhetoric about government shutdowns is that it actually costs taxpayers more to reopen government than to actually just fund it at the last year's previous levels. These shutdowns are nothing but show, and I've hated them since I've been a part of them in 2013. Uh, these things cost taxpayer money rather than save taxpayer dollars. Well, yeah, because you really can't shut the place down. So you're you're furloughing people, but then you're paying them back later, and then you're bringing in people to cover their jobs because that work has to be done anyway. So you're, you're right. It's you know, it's just a 
a big mess when they when they let it happen. So glad they didn't do that this year. Uh, the transportation committee. I don't think this is at the federal level, but it's at the state level. But I saw an interesting story today. Um, Metra up in the Chicago area. They're looking to mm-hmm. to spend one point two billion dollars in the next five years, and they're going to buy. 200 new railroad cars um, and locomotives to keep the railroad running up in the Chicago area. Are, are you involved in any of that type of activity on the Transportation Committee? Uh, Chicago's a huge market, and they need their trains up there, it appears to me. Well, they do. And in, in Chicago, you know, our state legislators, in a bipartisan way, took a very tough vote and funded a capital program. And what that's going to do, it's going to allow for the state of Illinois to continue to match the federal dollars, your federal gas tax dollars that are going to be reauthorized in a highway bill. Uh, And that's going to come right through the subcommittee I chair for our side, the largest subcommittee in Congress. And I think you'll see bipartisan structure reauthorization over this next year. But trains are a big deal. Trains are a big deal to Champaign-Urbana. I I, at the urging of the state of the uh, Chamber of Commerce and, and also the convention Bureau, we convened a meeting between Amtrak and Canadian National Rail uh, folks and came to Champaign and sat them all in the room together, which hasn't been done in, in the past. And, and we put together a great opportunity to hear how do we fix the constant delays on the Saluki and the Illini Express. Uh, good news is they both sides think that there's going to be solutions in the future. Uh, but having those rail systems sit down together uh, I think was a good first step, but we've got to push to make sure that these trains run on time because those lines don't replicate the lines that are also in other sides of my district, and they need to do better. Amtrak uh, uh, is doing what they can, but CN needs to do better, and we need to make sure we come up with solutions. Well, yes, I agree with that. I, I'd take the train more often if I could rely on it being semi on time. The fact is it's just not. It's not on time, and uh, so I'm doing something a little bit different this week. Uh, our friends at Peoria Charter Coach, they uh, run 10 buses a day to the airports in Chicago, round trip, and so I'm taking the Peoria Charter Coach up to Chicago O'Hare for my trip out west. So it's an alternative uh, travel, but they really do need to get Amtrak on schedule. Uh, in continuing with trains and transportation, I, I like Amtrak. I like traveling Amtrak. Um, anything in the future for Amtrak? Uh, there's been talk for years about phasing out the Southwest Chief to Los Angeles and things like that. Wh- where is uh, long-term Amtrak right now? Well, we've made historic investments in Amtrak over the, the last few years that I've served in Washington. And we need to continue to invest in passenger train service. But we have to have ridership. And ridership depends upon timely timely arrivals and timely departures. Otherwise, more people are going to do what you're doing. And that's something that Amtrak needs to work with our rail lines to make sure our rail lines give preference to passenger rail service, as they should. But also, we have to make sure that if there's equipment issues with short shunting, which is you know, automated equipment, not recognizing when signalization should happen. Those types of things need to be, they need to be uh, addressed by both Amtrak and the rail lines. Uh, these are issues that can easily be solved. 
by people sitting down together. And, you know, there's often talk about litigation. You know, the rail companies, rail companies like nothing more than litigation because they can fight, they can fight Amtrak and the government in court better than most. Uh, those are things that we need to use as a last resort. Well, let's sit down and chat, just like we did in Champaign a few weeks ago. I think it's a good step, and we are going to see solutions in the future. Well, I th- hope you're right. I think you, you, you will be correct. And, yeah, if people don't talk to each other, nothing happens. So a good step uh, from you and your people to get all the interested parties in the same room, and, you know, hopefully they will, will make progress because if, if Amtrak was on time like Metro is on time, uh, you'd have a lot of people taking that. It's a much more comfortable way to travel once you're, you know, actually on the train. So. Yeah, the irony is Amtrak is on time on other routes a lot better than they are on the Saluki and Alina routes. Uh, that's a problem that CN has to address that other rail lines have already worked with. So they've got some culpability here, too. Uh, they need to make sure that they get passenger rail service back on track. Well, very good, Congressman. I really appreciate you coming on a couple days before Christmas with me. It's great to talk to you. So Merry Christmas, Happy New Year to you and your family, and I look forward to talking to you again in the in the new year here. Absolutely. Merry Christmas to you. Merry Christmas to your family and all the listeners, and I hope everybody stays safe in this fog today. Okay, Congressman. Thank you. Well, we'll see you soon, and thanks again for coming on this morning. Thank you. Congressman Rodney Davis here on News Talk 1400 DWS.